I'd like you all to stand out of reverence for God's Word, and let's listen to this reading from the 39th Psalm. I'm determined to watch steps and tongue, so they don't land me in trouble. I decided to hold my tongue as long as wicked was in the room. Mom's the word, I said, and kept quiet. But the longer I kept silence, the worse it got. My insides got hotter and hotter. My thoughts boiled over. I spilled my guts. Now just stop there just for a moment. We used to sing a song, said I wouldn't tell anybody about it, but I, what? Couldn't keep it in. Now this is just about the object. I mean, that, that was good news. This, is, this psalmist, David, is saying, you know what? I, I tried to keep quiet. I didn't want to say these things in front of people that didn't, didn't believe in God, in front of the wicked. But, but I couldn't keep it in. I finally exploded. Here we go. He explodes. Verse 4. Tell me what's going on, God. How long do I have to live? Give me the bad news. You've kept me on a pretty short rations. My life is string too short to be saved. Oh, we're all puffs of air. Oh, we're all shadows in a campfire. Oh, we're just spit in the wind. We make our pile and then we leave it. What am I doing in the meantime, Lord? Hoping. That's what I'm doing, hoping. You'll save me from a rebel life. Save me from the contempt of dunces. I'll say no more. I'll shut my mouth. Since you, Lord, are behind all this, but I can't take it much longer. When you put us through the fire to purge us from our sin, our dearest idols go up in smoke. Are we nothing but smoke? Oh, God, listen to my prayer, my cry. Open your ears. Don't be callous. Just look at these tears of mine. I'm a stranger here. I don't know my way. A migrant like my whole family. Give me a break. Cut me some slack before it's too late and I'm out of here. You can be seated. You say, wow, that, that's a thud of a reading, buddy. We, we've, had a, we've had a great week. We're coming here, we've had a great period of praise and awesome time around the Lord's table. And, and then I dare you to stand up and, and read that kind of psalm that's just that's such a downer. What, what did we just read? Let me tell you what we read. We read what is commonly called a song of lament. I hope you'll take notes today because I think you'll learn some things today. What is a lament? A lament is a song or prayer of complaint, protest, or appeal to God. It's appeal directed to God. Complaint, protest, or appeal directed to God. I mean, it's coming to God with complaint. It's coming to God saying, God, I don't like what you're doing. It's coming to God asking the tough questions. How long, God, will I be in this condition? How long will you put up with this, Lord? I'm sick of what you're doing or you're not doing. And I think my first, my first reaction when I read one of these Psalms is, is this really okay? I mean, can I, is it okay for me to talk like this to Almighty God, the Creator of heaven and earth? Well, it may surprise you. But songs of lament dominate the Psalms. I mean, let me show you some statistics up here. If you went through and you divided the Psalms into different types, how about Psalms of praise? 28% of the Psalms are Psalms of praise. Okay? And then the category we looked at last week, thanks, 
are songs of thanks. This one may blow your mind. 40% of the psalms are psalms of complaint, of lament. And then you might put 14% on some kind of other category. Here's what I want to tell you today. I think we've lost this. If you take our average hymnal of, of our church or most any denomination that you study and you divide the hymnal up into what kind of songs they are and the statistics I'm going to show you, many of us remember an old really thick book in Churches of Christ called Songs of Faith and Praise. Here's the way the statistic goes in it. Songs of Praise, 30%. Song of Thanks, 44%. Now here you go. Songs of Lament, 13%. And other songs of other categories, 13%. Do you notice the disparity between the songbook of God and our songbooks? From 40% to 13% is all we can come up with of songs of complaint. Why? Because we have almost lost the whole concept, which is biblical, of lament. We think the super spiritual godly person is the person who never ever complains. Who walks through life like nothing's wrong. Who always is so full of faith they never ever question God or complain to God. Now listen to me. Do we feel like we've got to be stronger than Jesus? I mean, you've got to have your Bible. Let's turn to a couple passages real quick. Hebrews chapter 5. In verse 7, listen to what it says about what Jesus did while he was on this earth. Here's the question, is are we to be less human than Jesus? If we've got this super spiritual view of what it means to walk with God is to never complain, never be negative, never, you know, ask God and question God, it's unlike Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, during the days of Jesus' life on this earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death and was heard because of his reverent submission. My friends, Jesus at times came to God in tears and complaint. Uh, thumb over, if you would, to the 22nd Psalm. Psalm 22. This is a psalm of lament that Jesus actually quotes on the cross. You'll recognize it. Verse 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. My friends, Jesus Christ himself prayed and sang songs of lament. So is it okay? I think you see the testimony of the Psalms that were inspired by God. That it's okay to come to God that way. I think you see the testimony of the life of Jesus that said, you know what, if Jesus could do this, certainly we can do this. But I'm very afraid that we've lost lament. Some church growth people tell us that Everything in your service needs to always be positive. It always needs to be upbeat. Everything always needs to be happy. Sometimes we even give ourselves away when we walk in here and we hear a prayer. And often we say, Lord, as we come into this worship assembly, may we leave all our worries and cares and burdens behind us. I don't think that's biblical. We even at times become uncomfortable if... A service turned toward a lament. 
It became a place of complaint and confession. I heard of a lady who visited Landmark not too long ago. Someone asked her what she thought about it, and she had been here on one of those Sundays where people were honest and open about their struggles in life. And she said, I I just don't believe in going to church where you air your dirty laundry. Listen to me. God is A-OK with you airing your dirty laundry here. He'd rather you do it here than any place else. Because my friends, as we lose the ability to lament, we lose the ability to to reach the people that are hurting Have you ever heard someone, maybe they went through a divorce or they went through a terrible sickness or the loss of a child or or you name it. And and I've heard them say, the the worst place to come in the middle of my difficulty and pain, the worst place was to come to church. Why do they say that? Because we've decided church has always got to be positive and upbeat, you know, and always full of praise and joy. But certainly that's part of what we do. But what does that do to the person who comes in here who doesn't feel the joy? Who's struggling through the season? It leaves in a place that's not for them. I also believe that we will lose our young people if we don't learn to make church a place where lament is okay again. Why? Because they are growing up in difficult times of terrorism and recession and broken homes and divorced and rampant drug use and they know everything's not okay. And if they come to church and we try to act like everything is okay, They're not hanging around. I read a book lately that said there are two great qualities of churches that grew today. One was they did things with a spirit of excellence. They did things well. It was obvious they put time and effort in what they were doing. But the other might surprise you is that not only did they do things with a spirit of excellence, but they were real. When things were lousy, they said they were lousy. When the church was struggling, they said the church was struggling. When they weren't being obedient, they admitted it. And so today we must restore a spirit of lament. We must restore a place where you don't pray, leave our burdens and cares outside these doors. You bring them inside these doors and we give you a way to express them. So let's learn a little bit about lament. Because I think we're rather unfamiliar with it. I think I am anyway. Let me give you five things you need to learn about lament. First of all, lament emerges from a collision. Okay? What is the collision? The collision is of my expectation of God. What I expect God to do and my experience in life. You see the collision? I've got this expectation of the way life ought to be, the way God ought to act, the way things ought to happen. This expectation comes in, and then when my life doesn't match the expectation, we've got a collision. And that is where lament is born. Listen to me. You will never lament if you don't expect something of God. Some of us, the problem why we can't even relate to this because we really don't expect God to do anything. That's not the place I'm asking you to go this morning. Because you'll lament when you have an expectation of God and your expectation of God doesn't match up with your life. How many of you have prayed for something, you know, and it didn't happen? You thought God should have done it. 
You prayed for a mate and you're single. You prayed every day for a mate and you're divorced. You prayed to be married and you're miserable. You prayed for a child and you're childless. You prayed for your children every day they'd be faithful to God and they've walked away from God. You prayed for your children to certainly do the natural thing and outlive you and you've outlived them. That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not our expectation of God. Maybe you became a Christian and you expected everything to be joy and peace and love and greatness. And you came and Satan's attacked you and it's actually been more difficult than before you became a Christian. Maybe you did everything right financially, including being obedient to God. You tithed or more. You saved 10%, gave 10%. You, you, you followed all the instructions, and now you find yourself in retirement years, and, and you're out of money. And you think to yourself, I did all the right things. I did the things I was asked to do, God. The expectation is if I would be obedient and I would, I would do what you say in your word, that now I'd come to this point and I'd be okay. Maybe you're a teenager and you decided to live for God despite the fact most people in your school aren't that fired up for God. You decided to be holy. You decided you weren't going out into drinking parties. You decided you weren't going to. And now you find yourself Friday night all alone at home. Listen, I could go on and on and on as to where our expectation of God sometimes does not match our experience in life. And here's what biblically happens. It leads you to lament. I was in the middle of studying for this this week, and I, I, I don't mean to put people on the spot, but I can't help it. In the middle of studying for this this week, found out that Jordan Northenden, our dear, dear young lady, see her husband, her, her dad, Jay, and sister, Peyton. Fourteen years old, you know the story, she was stricken with cancer. Just a couple years ago, again, she fought it and won it. Now she's a student at Auburn University. Her back started hurting her. And she was tested again this week. 20 years old and it's back for the third time and I thought to myself these people have every right to lament they have every right to complain every right to ask God the tough questions I can't imagine being in that position. I, I admire their faith. I admire what Jay told me coming in here today about trusting God. But I want you to know, I do want you to know, that if you feel like it, go have it out with God. If you, if you feel so disappointed in God, it's okay to say that. So often we thought to be super spiritual means you handle everything with the breeze. Guys, you were finding out today that's not the truth. When things don't live up to the expectation you had of God, God's big enough, strong enough, caring enough for you to come to Him and say whatever you need to say. Let me give you a couple more points about lament. Lament, though, is more than just a rant. It's not just venting to God. Sometimes we think, well, if I could just go vent it, I'd feel better. 
And I don't know about you, but normally when I vent things, I do feel a little better. But, but lament is more than just a venting. It's more than just ranting. A person who laments is not just a complainer. We've got lots of complainers. People just, everything's negative in life. They complain about everything. And so certainly be natural. That, that, that's not lament. Here's the key if you look back at our definition. The key to lament is that it's directed to God. The key to the person who laments is not the person who's given up on God. It's the person who still comes to God even when they don't understand Him. Now look across this audience. I see so many of you. Ms. Brenda, I think about you. I think about what you've been through these last couple of years. And I love the faithfulness you displayed on the front row last, last week. But I know you didn't expect to live these years without your husband. And if you want to complain about it, complain about it. Because lament is not just rant and it's not just venting. It's actually an act of faith. Number three, lament has a form and a movement. Let me sort of show you. If you and there's, again, there's you know, dozens of psalms of lament, so you won't have any problem studying this, but there actually is a movement too. Most of the psalms of lament go this way. They begin by addressing God. It is a complaint to God. And then they complain, like our psalmist today, you know, just finally bust out and tells God what he thinks about him. But then they ask God to do something about it. And by the end of the lament, normally they praise God. I mean, there, there is a, a form to this, and there is a movement to this. It might appear that it's a movement away from God, but really most laments are a movement toward God. In fact, in the lament that we just read a few moments ago, I read it out of the message, but it, it, it actually goes to praise and faith and confidence in the middle of the lament. Verse 7, But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. A lament will include almost every time some expression of confidence in God, despite what I see, Lord. Despite it seems to me, Lord, you've not lived up to what I expect you to do. I believe you'll do something. In fact, if you read all the Psalms of Lament, there's only one Psalm in the whole book of Psalms that is only complaint, Psalms 88. Every other one of them at some point has some expression of confidence in God. So listen to me. Psalms of Lament form us. They form our faith. They allow us to dress God, to complain to God. They allow us to come before God and ask Him to change what doesn't seem to be right. But they also allow us to say, God, I tell you what, if whether I ever see this or not, or if it ever makes any sense to me in my life, I am going to put my hope in you. See, number four, lament speaks truth about my feelings, pain, and thoughts. It, it just speaks truth. Lament is bold, it's risky, it's, it's brazenly honest. It takes all the spiritual veneer and, and cover up out of the way and says, just say it. You think, again, you sure, buddy, I can do that with God? I mean, I'm scared he's going to zap me, man. When I finally tell him why I feel about this, you know. I grew up thinking life should be this way. I thought everything was going to fall in place this way. I actually prayed about it every day. And now it's not that way. Can I tell him? 
The answer is absolutely yes. Tell him your feelings. Tell him your pain. Tell him your thoughts. Let me ask you this question. Who do you complain to? Who do you argue with? Well, here's the answer. May help you a little bit with this. The answer is you complain to people that you're closest to. You argue with the people that you love the most. Why? Because you're closer enough to them. You're safe enough with them. You actually have expectations of them. You don't complain to somebody you don't give two figs about, right? You just don't do it. You, you complain to people who actually matter in your life that because of some commitment you've made to each other, there is an expectation level. That's the person that you complain to. And so guys, to go to complain to God is not dissing God, it's acknowledging God. It's acknowledging your closeness. So our, our fifth and final point here, it's not evidence of rejection of God. Lament is evidence of intimacy with God. To do what the psalmist does, you say, buddy, I, I just don't know if I could come up with the words. Go get a psalm, man. They're yeah, I just told you, 40% of them are expressions of complaint. Go find one. Let it be your words. That's the great thing about the Psalms. Whether it's praise or thanksgiving or lament, you can find one that will express exactly how you feel, probably better than you could express it. And when you do that, it's not a sign of your rejection of God. It's a sign of your connection with God. It's evidence of faith because in lament, you turn to God. You can turn to God with anything, with your joy, with your thanks, with your praise, and yes, with your disappointment. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but I'm asking you to answer in your heart. Anybody in here disappointed with God? Here's my encouragement. Express it. A great book I read about this had this title, Hurting with God. That's what lament is all about. Guys, let me tell you, life is not fair, life is not right, life does not always lead to what you want. You maybe at this point in your life you expected to be healthy, you know, you've saved for this point. You've looked forward to this point, and it's one health issue after another. Most of your day is dominated by doctor's visits. Well, here's the, here's the choice you got. Either you can keep stuffing this thing and trying to handle it on your own, and try to act like it's not there, and try to pretend that you're super spiritual, and, and, and just go through it without God. Or you can determine to express it openly and honestly and hurt with God. See, guys, that's why Jesus came. He's experienced all things as we have. He understands what it's like to be rejected. He understands what it's like to go through pain. He understands what it's like to be spit upon. He understands what it's like to be disappointed even in God, His Father. And so now the Bible says, when you go through those rough times and you're hurting, He is able to come to the rescue. So you have a choice. 
Do you want to hurt? Do you want to go through this with God or without God? And what lament does is lament gives you the opportunity to go through it with God. So let me challenge a few people here this morning as we close. It's not a good sign if you never lament. Because it may be a sign that you don't expect anything from God. And that's not a good place to be. Listen to a quotation from a book called God's Work. Our expectations are so low that we are never disappointed. I don't want to do that. I want us to pray believing God answers. I want us to expect God to interact with us in the world. I want us to be brave enough to call upon Him when He doesn't seem to be coming through. I want us to be bold enough to badger God when He seems reluctant. To crowd to God when He seems to be to have left the field. So, you know, if maybe you think, Hey, buddy, this sermon doesn't apply to me. I've never lamented, never even thought about lamenting. Maybe that's a red flag. Maybe the issue is you're not expecting much from God. That's not good. Or maybe you come here today and you are expecting from God. Maybe you come here today with the expectation of a changed life. Let me tell you, come to Him. Does that mean everything's going to be a rose garden? Everything's going to be easy? No, He didn't promise that. That's the thing about God I love. But you know what He did promise? He did promise no matter what you go through, He will not forsake you. That He'll be in the middle of it. So if you're thinking today about becoming a follower of Jesus Christ, listen to me. You even follow Him to His cross. It's not always going to be easy, but let me tell you this. It's going to be worth every bit of it. He's going to bless you and you're going to be with Him. Because the most important thing in this life is not that everything goes smooth and right, because this life is just a whiff. It's just a vapor that appears for a little while, then vanishes away. You're going to have a point where everything's going to be completely right forever. The most important thing about this life is that you go through it with God, with an expectation that whether God straightens out on this earth or God makes it right in the next world, it's going to be right. So if you're thinking about following Jesus, I want to be up front with you. It's not going to be easy. In fact, if you made a decision to follow Jesus today, I will guarantee you this, Satan is going to come after you. God says, I'll be with you. But then there's the last group of people I want to talk to this morning. And it's those of you that find yourself this morning in that place of collision. Your expectation of God and your experience of life has collided And I want you to know that we want this church to be a place where you can safely express that. Where you can say it. Where we can say it together. Where it's not just a happy, bubbly, everything's cool in my life kind of place. Because that's not real, that's not the earth, that's not the way it is. It's a place where we can rejoice and we can weep. It's a place where we can clap in exuberance and we can bow in pain. And so today I invite you, if you need to lament, if we need to lament, if we need to complain to God together, you say, buddy, come on, man. Why in the world would you preach this message this time of the year? 
Let me tell you, because this is the place where the collision happens more times than not. Because the expectation this time of the year is for everything in your family to be wonderful and everybody around you to be happy. The expectation is this is the most wonderful time of the year, right? And it's at this point where the collision with your experience may be happening. And if that is what's going on in your life right now, let me invite you to come and to share and to complain if you need to. And let's pray and lament before God just like Jesus did before you leave this place. So if we can help you today, if we can encourage you, if you want to make a big change in your life today, this is a safe place to do it. Why don't you come right now while we stand together and sing?